We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Notre Dame fans, you don't know what I had to watch the last 30 minutes. It was this guy trying to dance during the intro music, and it was not pretty. I, I was beatboxing. It was, yeah, that, if that's what you want to call it, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but hey, we are back, Notre Dame fans. We're ready for another great show today. And my man Vince is back. You're not on probation. People do not understand. You've been on vacation last break. week. And that's why you weren't on the show down in good old Kentucky. So you've had one show, and, uh, this is your new schedule. I've also tried to explain to people that Vince is also coaching baseball right now at Riley High School. So Mondays and Wednesdays are he's not on the show. His choice, not mine. <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah, so so Vince is still part of the crew. I think every time there's a while we don't see you, people are like, did he fire? Did Brian fire Vince? <laughs> it would no. never be, it would never be that I quit. It would be that you fired. No, me. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, did not fire Vince. That's my right. dude. Uh, but Vince, we got a lot to talk about today, and we've talked a ton of recruiting lately. And I want to talk some Notre Dame team, man. So I, you know, that, yes. that's where I, that's where I want to be. And you know, Notre Dame had a practice today. We got Vince, a taste. Uh, Vince had a little, uh, you know, took a little morning off. Vince and his and Chris took a little morning off, and they went to Notre Dame's practice. Now, again, you know, if there's somebody reporting that so and so was starting, uh, there was really no team stuff today. They got stretch and then some warm up stuff. Right. Got the chance to see some guys move around. But what we've done this spring, Vince, is we've tried to do the video a little differently. Yes. As opposed to showing like a couple clips of each position group, which is fine. Totally. There's great value to that. We've just decided to do something different. So yeah. doing what everybody else does. We've tried to focus on a position group every time. We've done offensive line. We've done receivers. We've done DBs. Today, we focus on the quarterbacks, Vince. And so what we're actually going to do uh, to kick off the show is we're going to play the video from today. Venture more than welcome to kind of talk through it, but I just figured I'd just let people uh, yeah. start things off by looking at the the quarterback highlights from today. It's mostly it's 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 literally just about every throw that Tyler Buckner and, and Drew Pine made during warmups. There's a couple like just five yard away warm up throws. We didn't get on there, but for the most part, it's what what we were able to see, what the media was able to see today at practice. And then after that, you know, we're out after five periods and there is no team. So there were no team periods today that, that you could look at and say, no. so-and-so is starting yeah. over such and such. That, yeah, that so was anyway, a just, stretch. Yeah. Just, um, so, th- so that's what we're going to do. And then we're going to kind of get into, you know, we, there's been a lot of talk about the Notre Dame offense and what it should be and could be and all that. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today is, is and it comes from a conversation we were having on the message board yesterday about you know has Notre Dame closed the gap and where has it closed the gap and I gave my feelings on where it has closed the gap and where it hasn't and if you actually look at things Vince they've closed the gap in my opinion on more positions on offense and defense and just from a excuse me pure talent standpoint and it's about time that the offense start actually playing to its potential yep. and so we're going to share some of the different things we've heard and it's it's been a it's been wild. It's like when I talk to some defensive people, like, man, the offense has been kicking our butt. And then I'll talk to some people on offense and like, yeah, we're doing well. And then others are like, we suck. It's just really funny how that goes. It's like, it's like oh, yeah. spring, but even more so this spring, like last spring, the offensive coaches were like, yeah, we suck. And the defensive coach were like, yeah, they suck. You know? <laughs> so this year the defensive coaches have had a lot more, not coaches, the defensive sources I have have been a lot more 
boy, this offense is performing really well. And we actually, it was funny. We had uh, Sean talk to a recruit who was at Saturday's practice. We had two different recruits were talking about Saturday's practice, and both of them were like, yeah, the offense was taking it to the defense for most of the time, but the defense recovered late. And, you know, Jordan Patojo had a really big day and that kind of thing. I heard he was all over. So just a ton going on. It's just why you need to be on the message board, everybody. Because right. we had two Intel pieces last week on it. But today, folks, we're going to just share with you just sort of what we saw uh, today at practice. So we were able to cut it up. I was able to look at all the clips that Vince gave, and this is probably like 90% of the clips that we uh, saw. Yeah, yeah. There are no edits out from bad passes. It nope. just, there was a couple periods where they were literally just going through warmups, just, you know, five yards apart. And, I and, put that in. and the other period was handing off. Right. So exactly. And yeah. we only get to play three minutes of clips. So That's all we're allowed to play by Notre right. Dame. Just right. Not that so, we have imposed that on ourselves. Right. No, I'd put Edit. everything out there. It'd be like right. 30 minute highlight videos. Right. We never be allowed to go back to practice again. Yeah. So here it is. We're gonna play that for y'all and um and have some fun with it. So so here goes. Here's the practice, the Notre Dame quarterback clips from today's practice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert. So when we decided to give Trade Coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer. And we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrow's Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrow's Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box. And once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrow's Coffee, and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee send you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trade's Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts, so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. So Vince, that's today's practice from the highlights for the quarterback. So it was kind of funny. We don't have any hot, we don't have any clips on there uh, about, the uh, Ron Paulus Jr. or the third or well, I forget which he's one he down is. the line somewhere. Yeah, but I, I got to say he he still has I mean a lot of work to do. But I'll tell you what he's got a strong arm. That's the one thing I did. I, he I'd say today I thought him and Buckner are the two guys that threw with the most zip. 
Yes. And they just get the most RPMs on their on their throws. He spins the ball the best. Is that is that what 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 mm-hmm. uh, somebody used to say? But it, look, I will say this about Ron, and people know that <clears throat> I've been down on Ron, and I, I I you know because he's from the area, and I've seen him play many many times. And today he actually, he impressed me today with his arm strength. He's, he is by far the biggest quarterback in the room. Um, so, I mean, he's the the tallest, he's the widest, he is the biggest dude, right? I mean, he's a big man. Um, it was funny because Chris and I were watching him throw and, <clears throat> and Chris Summers is the other guy that gets video for us. And um, he's like, man, I'm surprised he's not in the tight end room yet. Like, I mean, he's a big dude, right? And he by far, well, I shouldn't say by far, but he had the strongest arm of mm-hmm. the group. Now he is not in any way mobile, right? We don't got we don't got to take shots at him. We know he's not. But just his arm was strong and it it was accurate, and that was something that he struggled with in high school was accuracy. He always had a strong arm, but his accuracy was a bit of an issue. And he was accurate today, and it was strong, and he looked good. So um, I was impressed with Ronnie. There's no question about it. As far as do we want to get into the other guys? Yeah, um, we'll talk a little bit about it. Let's just kind of go with the order of which we had him in the video. Yeah, so obviously Tyler Buck will kick things off. With Tyler Buckner. Yeah, Tyler had more zip on his ball than than any of the guys that have the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought at first, uh, you know, when practice began, he he it was a lot of change ups. It was just a lot of you know kind of lofted it in there, go, kind of go, not going through the motions in a bad way, but just kind of getting where he needed to be. Obviously, that's his warm-up routine and how he gets ready. But once he started throwing to receivers and he started throwing to those guys in the spots and he was going through, um, you know, not progressions, but, you know, Tommy Reese was telling him he had guys set up in three different spots and they would drop back and then Tommy Reese would tell him who to throw it to, right? So it's it simulates going through an RPO or going through a progression, right? And mm-hmm. by far had the most zip on his ball. He was very, very accurate. There's no question. Once they started throwing more downfield, um, it, it was clear that, you know, Drew had to take kind of an extra giddy up step to get the ball down the field a little bit more, mm-hmm. just as accurate. Like his accuracy was not affected, but he needed a little bit more to get it down there. Right. When that tell and, and the ball kind of hung up a little bit more yeah. today, it takes a little bit, a little bit longer to get there. I noticed yeah. that because there were a couple of the throws at the end, they were, they were making far hash throws. Right. And they were on so left hash a, and they were going yeah, to the right sideline. It takes a lot more. Yes. Oomph. Yeah. Yeah, that's not an easy throw. Okay, that that those are NFL type throws, right? I mean, you're going across the field, etc. So I thought those guys looked good. I think I think Tyler looked better today. Again, this is a very very small window. We talked about this on the last show, Brian, about how it's one. Not only is it just one practice, but it was five periods of one practice, right? There, there's mm-hmm. so much more you can glean if you've been at every practice, and you can kind of you know judge that way but within these mm-hmm. five periods what they were asked to do in front of the media you know Tyler looked better today he looked a little bit more smooth he he didn't look like he was efforting as much not sure if that's a word um but he 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 looked a little bit smoother than than um than Pine did again Pine is your yeah. vocal leader he's still high-fiving everybody when they come together you know all those different things he's still going to be a very important piece of this team if he doesn't win the starting role but today, Tyler looked better to me. Which right now we don't expect him to. I mean, right. that's the update Absolutely. from our, our board. I mean, we've had multiple. Every time, every time I've talked to anybody at Notre Dame, any any remotely related at Notre Dame, and I'm not talking like Marcus Freeman and Tom Reese. I'm not talking about those guys because they're not going to say those kind of things. They're going to say what needs to be said, and it's a battle and all that. But anytime I talk to any other source, it's like, yeah, Buckner's the better quarterback. I mean, yeah. it just it's been that way all spring. Sure. There's been a day here and a day there where, you know, Tyler made some mistakes, Drew played better, but Tyler's just been the better quarterback. So, so far that's been the case. Now, again, this battle's not over. There's a couple more practices left. There's three more practices. Left. No, one, two, there's what, four more practice, three, three or four more, no, three more practices left after today. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to do the math. I'm like, well, yeah. So, and then of course there's summer and fall camp, but you know. And we, we but, can talk about Angeli so too. Is, I mean, I mean we, that's fine if you want. I mean, people talk about. I don't need. We don't need to have too much of a conversation about third string quarterback. Okay, right. we can have he, that conversation looks, down the road. He looks like a kid. I mean, he's, he's a skinny he's, freshman yeah. who's, who who isn't going to. Right. Hopefully, doesn't have to play this year. And then okay, absolutely. We can move on to the to stuff that <laughs> you know is is going to be the case because you know again he's a he's a he's a freshman who's not as not where the other guys are and he's you know if he plays this year it's going to be a problem. Absolutely. Okay? I Means stuff went bad. And it's not a shot on Steve. It's just. 
most freshmen aren't ready to play. And most third string guys aren't expected to play. I mean, that's just uh that's just the way it is, right? I mean, this isn't last year. This isn't the situation right. that was going on last year. So right. um he he just he looks like an early enrollee freshman. I mean, right. you know, so that there is what it is. Okay, so let's move on to really the team because it was interesting. You know, we had a conversation on the message board and it kind of went through yesterday, Vince. And the 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 premise was, you know, is the is the gap closed at Notre Dame? Right. And, you know, have, has Notre Dame closed the gap? And, you know, there's a lot of excitement at the program and, you know, went through different positions and things like that. And I responded and I tried to be as objective as possible. And, and I went through it and, and there was really only three positions that I marked down. Like one of people were like, no, the coaching gap is closed. And I was like, not yet. I mean, I think it's got a chance to be, but let's see these guys actually, right? you know, coach a game together. We Absolutely. haven't seen the staff coach a game together yep. before. And I'm excited about it. I think it has a chance to be that, but let's see it. You know, so you can't you can't say the gap is closed until uh, it they've coached together. You know, it's just the reality. But you know, so I went through position by position. You know, quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, O line, D line, linebacker, corner, and safety. And there were three positions that I had of those that I have is the gap is closed. And the gap. So what does that mean? And we've talked about this. It's essentially is like is that position group to the level where it can it can be a reason why you go out and win a championship or not. Now look, you look at Clemson in 2018 and 2016, they had several positions that weren't gap, you know, the gap isn't right. closed relative to to the standard that we set, but it's you need to have enough of those type of positions and you need to at least be good enough of those other positions to 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 be there. And so I can't think of a single team. Bama's had a couple teams where you're like, yeah, each group plays at a high level, but Bama had even the last, even in 2020, they had parts of their team that weren't like elite. They weren't, you know, among the five to eight to 10 best in the country. So you look at it and like, that's kind of the standard. And to me running, you know, so when I look at it as like, do you have one of the top five, you know, position groups in the country present and future? And so we went through it and, and you, it's, it's interesting, Vince, just from a pure talent standpoint, there's more there's more positions on defense that are there than than off or I mean, on offense and defense. And like I didn't have a single position on offense or on defense that the gap was closed, even the D line, yeah. as good as the defensive end position projects to be. There's other positions where like they're just they're not right now with where the defensive tackle position is. I'm, I'm, I, it's really good. I think it'll be fine this year, but it's not elite. Like there's going to be guys starting and playing for Notre Dame that wouldn't play at Georgia. I'm just, or, or Alabama. That's just the reality. Now doesn't mean that those guys aren't good football players. and can't be part of a great line. I think the line as a whole will be really good, but it's partly because you have a couple guys that are really good and then, and then some others. And so I think there's room for improvement on the defensive line, mainly inside. Is, is a point of emphasis. Now, I also mentioned that you got Tyson Ford and Angle Byra. That's a great start. You've got Keon Keeley, Brandon Vernon. If you can go out and get Jason Moore and Devin Houston to finish this class off, then I'm okay. The gap is closing. You know, it's not closed yet. Linebacker, it's close, but still no. And that's one where, where I think some people disagree with me because I'm like, look, of the veterans, the only guy that I would say can go, can athletically go play at a Bama, at a Georgia is Maris. That's it. You know, we got to see Prince Kali emerge. He's got to show a lot. And the freshmen are freshmen. Like, recruiting rankings-wise, sure, you know, but we need to see them be able to do that for more than one year before right. I can say they're going to go be like some of these other teams where their entire starting linebacking core is NFL draft picks. And so it's it's close, but it's not there yet, talent-wise. Cornerback, it's not close. You've got one great player and then a bunch of question marks. And then safety, it's it's very close at safety. That's the one I was surprised by as I thought through it. And and it's really a, about what's happened in the last seven, eight months, which is you got Brandon Joseph to transfer, who's had a great spring. Yeah, really. And good. then the move of Ramon Henderson and Xavier Watts to the position has really changed things. And that doesn't happen, then this answer is much different. And then you look at what's recruiting, because also the answer also took into account recruiting. You you know, you've got Brandon Joseph, Ramon Henderson, Xavier Watts, you've got the other veterans, and then you've got Peyton Bowen and, and Adon Schuler committed in the class. So you feel much better about that. But none of those are are to the level where I'm like, that group is definitely better than, you know, all but three or four teams in the country. 
offensively, I don't feel that way. I feel that there are three position groups that are as good as anybody in the country, in my opinion, talent-wise, coaching-wise, and then looking forward to the future. And that's running back, tight end, and offensive line. And so it kind of got me thinking, like, why is there so much angst about this about this offense when when most of us would agree that this is going to be at the very least one of the 10 best backfields in the country? This is the best arguably the best tight end in the room in the country. George is the only one that can 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 challenge that. And that's mainly about recruiting rankings, not what guys have actually done in college behind break uh, uh, behind Blake Bowers. But, you know, you're talking about minimum top two to three. And then you look at the offensive line. There, there just aren't more than four or five offensive lines in the country that have the combination of coaching, talent, and experience that Notre Dame is going to have this year. Now, there's some with maybe a little bit better talent, maybe. I can't think of any off the top of my head. There are some that have more experience, and I don't know if there's any that has more talent. And, and so, I mean, coaching-wise. So you look at it and say, boy, you know, there's three position, then quarterback. It, that's one where the gap has not been closed. And we need to see what Tyler Buckner can do. And, and looking to the future, and, and, and until Dante Moore decides he wants to be at Notre Dame or not, you know, I don't, I don't think the future is there yet either. They need to get Dante Moore to be there. So, Vince, looking at the offense and defense, am I wrong in your opinion? Am I wrong on any of those? Or not wrong. Would, it's not right or wrong. It's an opinion. Sure. Would, do you have a different opinion on any of those compared to – where I'm at with with both sides of the ball, and then we'll kind of transition to the offense. Well, you know, it's funny because when you when you made that statement to me before the show that the offense is a heck of a lot closer than the defense, I, I kind of did a double take. I was like, "What, really?" But then when you go through it and you and you look at position by position, it does make sense. Now, I think I'm repeating what you said, and so you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But if I took the defensive line and I split it up, interior and edge. I feel like the gap has been closed on the edge. I, I feel like they're darn close on the edge. I, if not, well, let me closed, ask you this question. Here, here, it's real. Close. Let me ask you this question. And here's what I just because I asked myself this question. Okay, I just want to get your thoughts on it. If Isaiah Foskey goes down, do you still feel that way? No. See, that's my issue. Is you're like, talking I, more like the whole room, yeah, not just because that's front that's line kind guy. of my issue, Vince. Is, right is when you look at some of these other schools, like Georgia last year loses Adam Anderson and they don't miss a beat, you know, defensive end. He gets kicked off, he gets suspended, and they don't miss a beat. You know, I feel like if Will Anderson get got hurt at Alabama, they just put Dallas Turner in there and he's a monster. I don't feel like Notre Dame has the depth yet where I can say if he goes down, they're going to be fine. Where a couple of years ago, you could have said that. And, you know, I think that's where – you know, maybe Mike Elson's recruiting wasn't quite as good as it needed to be in some areas. You know what I mean? And they've had some injuries and different things. But if he goes down, I don't. I don't think you would feel the same way. We don't feel as good ball. about it. Yeah, that that wouldn't be a gap close situation. I, I would agree with that. Um, I think that they have the opportunity to be there mm-hmm. with the way recruiting is going. Right. They're trending in the right direction. Definitely, I would, I would say. Um, but. As as the roster stands right now, even with committed guys in the twenty three class, um, those guys aren't set in stone, right? They haven't signed on the dotted line, so you can't really say that they're part of the room yet, right? So mm-hmm. they they have not closed it then. So yeah, I see where you're coming from on that one. Um, linebacker, I love the freshman class. I think the freshman class is really really good. Now, the problem is they haven't had an opportunity to show it on the field. And once we see this group of four guys matriculate through and become starters, I think that you could say that the gap has been closed. But right now it's all potential, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not it's not real yet. I mean, it, it's recruiting rankings like and we and we think and and we think that you know, this group could be really good, right? and and their recruiting rankings are where they are for a reason, but they haven't closed the gap because those guys haven't proven it on the field. And you're but talking about linebacker, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, like running back, I'm not relying on like running back. You could make a similar case. I have his gap closed. You could make case. Well, those guys have to prove it. That's true. But there are guys that we've seen play college football, right? That's the problem with the linebacking group is the guys that most people would count on saying the gap is closed are guys that have never played it down to college football. Right. And that's the difference. And that's part of my concern with, with corner. 
is you know, if Ryan Burns this, if Benjamin Morrison's as good as I think, if Jaden Mickey's Jayden as Mickey. good as I think, if yeah. they're able to keep Justin Rett and get one. Well, now all of a sudden I'm feeling really good about the well, future of the cornerback. Philip Riley and you know chance. Can Cop- I can I interject something here real fa- real sure. quick from practice today? Yeah, of course. Um during FSA, which is their warm-up period, their agility and warm-ups and things like that, right? They have on the big screen, they got highlights from practice going. Every time I looked up, it was a Jaden Mickey highlight of him knocking the ball down, getting in somebody's face. <laughs> like it was, it was the 21 show. Like it was, I, maybe it was just happenstance that every time I looked up, like he was making plays, but the dude was making a lot of plays. And I don't know if it was just pump up Jaden Mickey day, uh, you know, but <laughs> on the big screen, man, he was making some plays. So yeah. that, that kid excites me there. I love the way that kid carries right. himself and the way he plays. So and I don't think he's wanna... the best corner commit in right. the class. And so, <laughs> right. you know, there's a chance, but again, we haven't seen Ryan Barnes really play a, me- a meaningful snap of football. We and haven't I'm seen Philip Riley do excited it. About him, yeah. We haven't seen chance Tucker do it. We, right. you know, and so that's the thing is at least at running back, you're like, we've seen what Logan Diggs can do when he's on this game. We've seen what Chris Tyree can do. We, it's very little, but we've seen what what Audrey can do. And running back is just a position where experience doesn't mean a whole lot. I mean, it just you watch college football, it's just not a position where you need to be a third year guy. So in, anyway, linebacker, DB, Vince, what about what about the offense? Oh, if we're going to talk offense, I, I think wide receivers are ways away yet. I mean, obviously, there's guys that we're excited about. There's some good players at the top, but depth yeah, absolutely, is a huge but depth problem. is a problem. I mean, if yeah. a couple, if one or two of those guys go down this year, it's a huge problem. It's a huge right. problem. Now, if everybody's healthy, it should be pretty good. It should be a good group. It yeah. should be a really good group. I'm excited about this group, but. You can't say that the gap is closed though, because one or two injuries and you're well, set really way back. one. There's really one to me, and that's Lorenzo Styles. Yes. The reason I say that is, is because I, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like you're in a situation with him that if he goes down, is does anyone else in that group strike you as a a, a go to re- replacement guy for now? him? No. Now, Brayden Lindsey's a, a big play guy. That's sure. A rotational guy. Avery Davis is super solid. You know, Deion Coles, he's, you know, is going to need work. He hasn't really shown that yet this year. I think he's still going to need a little bit more time. I, so, I, will, I will say Colsey yeah. has a lot of tools. And he's got mm-hmm. the physical tools. Like, he works his butt off. You can tell when you watch him in practice. He's still inconsistent. Today, mm-hmm. on April 12th, right? I mean, he's he's still inconsistent. Now, that, that could change with the rest of spring practice and fall practice and all of those things. But as of right now, he's inconsistent for me. Uh, he he drops balls he shouldn't drop. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's inconsistent. That's the best word I can come up with. Um, Lorenzo Styles is Mister Consistency. <laughs> like, and I feel right. like you could put him at any of the three positions, and he could be successful too. That's the other part of it. So he's versatile yeah. and he's consistent, and he's a playmaker. So yeah, he's he's a dude, and there's nobody to replace right. him. So the other one, so quarterback. I mean, do you do you agree with my stance there? It's, it's getting if, closer if, if Buckner they get pans Dante out. Moore. Yeah. If they get Dante Moore and Tyler Buckner pans out, then I feel Got really closed. good about that group. Yes, it's 100%. closed. I mean, yes. that's the thing is the it's right. closed. It's yeah. closed. Quarterback, you need to see it. Yes. right? more so than running back. Right. It, and this is a big year. It. I mean, this right. is a huge year for the quarterback position at right. Notre Dame because number one, you're talking about we've we've been talking about Tyler Buckner for three four years now. Okay, mm-hmm. he's going to probably get his opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you've got um, Coach Reese, who now there, there's no more excuses, right? There's no right. more. And I'm not saying that we were making excuses. What I'm saying is he is the guy. Like he well, is I was. Okay. I'll well, say it. I was. I think okay. Brian Kelly held him back. Oh, There's no question about it. I'll, I'll make the excuse. Did we, I mean, we haven't said, I learned said from it the on, master of that the last 12 years. So <laughs> have we? Have we said it on the show today? I can't even remember because you and I talked about it. Like no, the difference. Didn't. Okay. No, we didn't go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. No. The first thing that I said to you when you called me today um, to talk about practice was Tommy Reese is a different dude. Like he is a different dude at practice and he is so much more involved with the, with the quarterbacks. He's jumping in and literally showing these guys how to do play action, you know, to get down deep. Um, he's showing them how he wants them to throw. They were doing some back, Back, back foot kind of throws some quick stuff and he was showing them how to do it. He was showing how the footwork he wants when they're getting hit in the pocket. Like 
he's so much more active. He's so much more physically involved with the quarterbacks. In the past, he was coaching them up, but he would kind of stand back with his arms folded, very much like Brian Kelly was, right? And now he's just involved. He's literally hands-on, and it is a different Tommy Reese. And so from that aspect, right, from that point of view, this is a big year for Notre Dame and the quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's more involved. And so if they're successful, a lot of that credit has to go to Tommy Reese because he is right there and he's doing it. Um, And if they're not successful, same thing. A lot of that has to go towards him. So um, I think this is a big year for the quarterback position, not only on the field, but from a coach's standpoint and from a recruiting standpoint, because if they can lock up Dante Moore, then the gap is closed. All right. That's so a lot how about, how about the three agree with you completely? How about the other three? Like, it, it, are there any where you'd say, you know what, I'm going to push back on the gap being closed there. I feel like offensive line. I love offensive line. I love the guys that are in the room. I still need to see a little bit more from the interior. I think before I officially say the gap is closed, Let's say they got a potential first team all American at center. Absolutely. I'm talking more about guard, I think. Right, but here, here, here's here's the thing I look at is is number one is nobody has five studs across the board. Nobody. That's fair. That's not fair. Not Bama, not anybody. Number one. Um, you know, I I I look at it. Here's my here's the reason why I say it. Number one, I think you have the best online coach online coach in the business, if if not the best one of the Agreed. top three. Agreed. Number two, you have great tackles and a great great tackle talent who played well last year in a great center when he's on his game and well he was a really good center i think he's going to be great with finally with the proper coached. coaching yeah that that's a pretty great start for me i mean you're strong right up the middle and and look if andrew christophic simply does this year what he did last year with those things around him they'll be fine they're not going to have the big hole at right guard like they had last year and as a unit, they're going to be coached better. So, and then I also project forward with the recruiting that they have and what I think they're going to have. So I think that's the one Vin could probably make the biggest case against. Yeah. I just, my opinion, but I'm just looking at it and like, yeah, Harry, he consistently developed great offensive lines and he did not inherit the talent in 2012 that he inherited this year with all due respect to Zach Martin. Uh, certainly Zach was a great player and Chris Rock was really good, but there was a bigger drop-off between three, four, and five than there is. Than there is now. And that's fair. I, I just, I, I think the gap, (laughs) I think the gap considerably closed when they got Harry Heastan to sign on. Like, I think Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, we, you and I have always said that they've got talent. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm still a little shell shocked from the last couple of years, offensive line wise. And so once the 22 season starts and the offensive line is mauling people and I'm excited and I, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like once, once I see the Harry Heastan effect in a game, I'll be like, okay, yeah, you're right, Brian. I just, I, I'm just not there just yet. And right. and it's because of the guard. Fair. I, I, fair. I, like I said, I'm still shell shocked to be honest with you. You sure. know, it's just, I loved the off- offensive line under Harry and it's just, woo. Well, but even, look, even we saw Notre Dame's current GA two years ago, right? Played such a key role in, in creating a really good offensive line, and he's also back as the yeah. GA. So, which is huge. That, right. That's another gap closing move. It right. is. It right. is. So that's why for me, I'm one to go there. But again, I, I think it's fair to say I got to see it first. I think yeah. that's always a fair thing to say, right? And then the, the other the tight end. The reason I go tight end is look, there's a drop off between Michael Mayer and whoever plays next. Okay. <laughs> but the reality is, is you're still going to be really good there. Yes. Right. Like, you know, George, Kevin Bauman's a solid player. I think Mitchell Evans is coming along. Kane, Kane Barong, I think is going to be a problem for people when he finally gets healthy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the best tight end tandem in the country coming in. So it, will you have, will your best player still be your tight end? No, but you're not going to have the drop off. Then in my opinion, you would have, if you went, if you lost Foskey, that's not saying that Foskey's better than Mayer. I I have yet to talk to a person that says anything other than our best player is Michael Mayer. I mean, everybody right. I talk to says that offense, defense, Absolutely. everybody, and and they have and that's and saying a lot. Like it, he has it, really late raised his level of play. And based on what I have seen at practice, although limited, right, the second tight end, whoever that ends up being, right, is going to be more of a factor than in the past. Right, I really do feel that way because they actively practice throwing the ball up the seam. They right. actively practice 
having a tight end as a group catch balls. They didn't do that as much in the past. As much. Now, they did it, but not as much. And so I really feel like not only are they going to abuse the tight ends up the seam, but also, you know, the slot receivers and other other. They are using the whole field at practice. Right. And I haven't seen that in the past. We've seen that every time. Yeah. Like from the videos you've sent me, we've seen that every single time. They're using the whole field. I love the way they're practicing right now. The offense has changed. I mean, what we're seeing from what I can tell, we're seeing the stuff we saw at the end of last year. Yes. And and then a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Which we won't, we won't get into obviously, because we want to be allowed back. (laughs) And, and, you know, to me, I, I, somebody, somebody asked about Joe Walt. Jake mm-hmm. Piper asked, how's Joe Walt looking? And and that's part of the reason, like, we had an intel piece, and I'll, I'll say it now, and this is why you need to be on the message board. We had an intel piece last week, Vince, while you're on vacation. I don't know if you saw it. But what what it was is that I've talked to multiple sources that have said Joe Walt's actually been their best offensive lineman this spring. And I'm like, is Blake not having a good spring? Like, no, no, no. Blake's everything we thought he would be. <laughs> you know, it just Joe has just played phenomenal. Yep. Now, there's other people I talked to that have said Blake's their best lineman. But the point is the tackles have been a problem. Like, I mean, for the defense. I mean, they, they've been really, really good. And we keep hearing that the offense tends to win more and more of the practices. Vince, normally this time of the year, it's the defense that's ahead yes. of the offense. Now, because so, offense is about timing right. and things like Fosky's that. Foskey's been know. a little limited. Sure. I was told he was more active in the scrimmage on Saturday and the defense did better. It's not a coincidence, <laughs> right? I mean, it's not a coincidence. Right. You don't have Jason Adamiola. Justin Adamiola has been a little, little limited this spring, just just kind of as yeah. they're working to try to get reps for younger guys. And, and so J.D. Bertrand's not not out there. Cam Hart's not out there, right? So, I mean, you would hope that the offense would would be better. Right. But it's it's a good sign, you know, and, and you hear about Lorenzo having a great spring. And I'm going to tell you the guy that I continue to hear more about. And, and and But the whole thing I was, before I go off track again, when I heard that about Joe Walt, that's when I started to be like, okay, this line's going to be really good. Yeah. When people are trying to determine who's better, Blake or Joe, and, and some of the clips I've seen, like, you know, Blake's, Blake's, he's big time. You just kind of like, look, that's why I feel like this is going to be a really good offensive line, like a really, really good offensive line. Yeah. And and it's just the expectation because you've got Harry and Chris Watt working together. That's the part that kind of has me fired up. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I get it. The other one I wanted to kind of get your opinion on Vince was running back. And then we're going to try and transition into like the expectations for the unit this year. You know, it's funny because, you know, when we talk about, you know, which room is the deepest, which room is the best, right? Running back always comes up. I mean, they're a deep room. I, I think that you've got three guys in there, and and a, and really maybe even four at the moment, uh, because Price is a, one heck of a good looking young back. You've got three to four guys in there that can play, right? And they all can play different roles in this offense, and I think that's only going to make and they can all be stronger. the guy. They could that's be the other thing. Yes, they absolutely could be, but I don't think they have to be. Right. I think is the other thing. I think you can ride the hot hand with this group, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think. Uh, I think uh, Dylan McCullough said that there's like eight different starting roles as a running back, right? And and you got to find out who those guys are going to be. I think that's a great way to look at it because then you can hone in on what these guys are really good at. But I think if one of these guys get hot, you ride them and you go with it, right? And I think that could be right. any one of these guys. And so they're deep. I, I think they're well, really deep. The thing I, is, we heard at the beginning of spring how good Chris Tyree looked. Sure. Then he got the concussion. He's been out. I think he's going to be back this week. He he's was back out. today. He was out today. He was back today. But they didn't do any hitting, obviously. Right. But he was doing – he was full going all the drills. Right. So so he does – he's back now. But even when he was gone, then Logan Diggs starts getting more reps and yeah. he's balling. That meant more reps for Audric. I, I, this is the other thing. This is when you start feeling good. It's like you, you talk to five different people and you get three different opinions about who the best running back has been so far. Right? That's and, a and, great sign. It's a great sign. And they all say, they all pick a veteran, but then, but they would all say, like, I'd hear people say, oh, you know, Chris has been really good. But man, this number 20 is going to be special. Yeah. Boy, Logan's looked great, but this 20 is going to be special. Man, Audric's having a great spring, but this 20 is going to be special. I mean, that's literally what I hear every time I talk to somebody. Of course, 20 would be Janarian Price for those who don't know. So you start getting excited about it. And you start to say, boy, you know, this is this backfield's got a chance to be good. But it's kind of those two together is is really the thing. I want to clear something else up. Somebody said, uh, can I clarify what I'm hearing about Jordan Patelho having a dominant spring? I didn't say that. 
I said that he was told he had a dominant practice on Saturday. (laughs) I I don't know what kind of spring he's had. The reality is, is if Jordan Patel is out there, he's going to be good. That's never been the question. No, ever, ever, ever. The question is, will he always be out there? That's the only question ever about Jordan Patel. So Vince, you kind of look at this offense and, and, and we talk about, I just, I just have, you could argue depth as a problem. You could are a receiver. Sure. You could argue experience is an issue at quarterback. But what you can't argue, in my opinion, about this offense is does it have enough talent to be a really good offense? I remember yes. people said, we know the off- the O line, the receiving core doesn't have any great players. And we'll, we'll see. And we'll see. About yes, that. we will. Because I, right? I, I, I would put my money on 21 being a pretty darn but, good receiver. But even if he's not a great player, you don't have to be the great player because you have the best tight end in college football, right? In my opinion. With all due respect to Blake Bowers, who's a really good young player, but Michael Mayer is the best tight end in college football, no, in yeah. my opinion. Yep. And, and so you you have that. You have backs that can make plays in the pass game. They've done it. We've seen it. I mean, we talked about this. Notre Dame had three guys with over 100 yards receiving in the bowl game against Oklahoma State, a team that had allowed one player in the 13 previous games to go for 100 yards. One of them was a running back, <laughs> Chris Tyree. We've seen Logan Diggs make plays in the pass game. So I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. And 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 they don't have Avery Davis this spring. We know what Avery Davis can do. And he and, was he was catching balls off the jug machine today. Right. He was going through FSA, but he was not in pads. He was just right. wearing but his jersey. He'll be back yeah. by the fall. Oh, so, yeah. I, so so you talk about expectations, good. Vince. And and yeah. and to me, I I don't think look, they gotta prove it. And, and, and we're, the conversation I want to have is not so much about what we're predicting is going to happen, but what should the expectation be? And I think it's finally time that Notre Dame fans start demanding more from the offense. Sure. And start getting excited for it. That's the difference. Because the reality is, is the offense has not been what it, the offense has not played to its potential for a long time. And a lot of it has had to do with just overall offensive philosophy. And and so I, I think that's gone. I think combined with what we saw late in the year last year, when you and I both know Brian Kelly had basically checked out. Yep. No question. When you look at what we've seen this spring, there's, there's no reason for me to think that this offense shouldn't be expected to be a much better offense next year. And when you look at this past year, and this is the thing I, I try to, I try to get across to, to buddies of mine when we have this conversation I'm like, if y'all look at Notre Dame last year and you look at what they did with all the issues they had, Notre Dame last year ranked 19th in scoring. 19th in scoring at 35.2 points per game. Now, that's a little bit inflated because they had a, a few extra defensive scores compared to other teams. They had it's true. It four Wisconsin. defensive scores last year. They had, they had two against Wisconsin and then two against Georgia, uh, one against Navy or two against Navy or one against Navy, one against Georgia Tech, or was it two against Georgia Tech? There's two against Georgia Tech because you had Jack Kaiser had to pick and then Myron had to long return. That's right. I just can't remember if Myron's was against Navy or Georgia Tech. Those two games kind of bleed it was, together. It, it was the last game the of the forms look so similar. It's whichever one the last game of the season. Okay, was. then it was Georgia Tech. Okay. The last it was it was senior season. day. It was, it was senior last, day. That's him. right. That's right. Yeah. So you had two defensive touchdowns against Wisconsin. You had two defensive touchdowns against or no, you had you had you had two. Def- you had one defensive touchdown. Wait a minute. Did you have two defensive touchdowns against Wisconsin? Jack Kaiser out. had one against Wisconsin, and then you had uh, you had obviously the kick return. See, I'm gonna have to look this up. Uh, the the kick return was-, was against Wisconsin. There was two that, right pick there sixes. Two, there were, I thought that's what I, I thought about in my head. I can't remember what the second pick six was. I remember. I remember Kevin. All- I remember Jack Kaiser's. Oh, yeah. Drew White. Drew, Drew White, White had one at the end of the game. That's right. I couldn't remember the third. So you had three non-offensive touchdowns that game. You had two non-offensive touchdowns against against uh, Georgia Tech. So that's going to bring you down a tad, although some sure. of those teams have. But still, you scored 35 points this year with a crap offensive line. Well, yeah. With with a quarterback situation where your quarterback never really got comfortable till the second half of the year. Yeah, had a great first game and then got banged up. You know, had his finger knocked out of socket. Offensive line was a, was junk and all that kind of stuff. And then you fast forward to the end of the year and you see how well it performed. You look at the receiving core and how poorly coached it was. 
and and there just was so many different things. You're like, all those things were true, and yet Notre Dame still went out this year and scored 35 points a game, and which is the second highest that Notre Dame has had under Brian Kelly. Which is crazy to me that last year's offense was that. Right. They scored more points right. per game than the 2017 offense. They scored more points per game than the 2015 offense, which was a phenomenal offense. Now, again, if you if you give that team maybe five, but see, the 2015 team had some non non traditional touchdowns as well. I, I remember you had Andrew Trombetti's touchdown against against Wake Forest that year. Uh, they had a kick return for a touchdown by C.J. Sanders that year. He had at least a couple special teams kick returns that year. So it's not like they were all offense right. that year, right? Uh, so so you look at it, Vince. It's like as bad as things were for, at times last year. This offense still went out and scored points. Yeah. And and still was able to do what it needed to do despite huge problems. Huge problems. Well, and, and that's, that's why to me expectation should be super high. And my you know? expectation, like I I guess th- this is like maybe this is a bold statement. I don't know, but my expectation is that the offense carries this team this year. Like I and that we haven't been able to say that in a really can long time. Can you explain time. that by carry it? Because I might have to disagree with you a little bit on you that. You can one. absolutely disagree with me. I what I'm saying is all of the deficiencies that this offense had last year, I believe are going to be fixed this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's number one. So we're talking offensive line, we're talking poor coaching at wide receiver. I, I believe both of those will be fixed. I also mm-hmm. believe that the play calling is going to be. I get better why you. Around. I get where you're coming. I mean, why? Do you, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm the getting carrying there. part. I'm, I'm getting there. So in the past, the defense was on the field. They were carrying. They, they, uh-huh. The defense carried the team. Right? right when the offense would screw up, the defense would have to pick them up, make a big stop, right, and win the game. I think it's the opposite this time. I think you the think offense, the defense is going to struggle. Not struggle. I think the offense is going to take a step. Past okay, but defense. see, I guess my thing is that's not carrying the de- like to me. What you just said was the defense had to carry the team because the offense wasn't playing to its potential. So I think when a team when when you, one unit's carrying the other, it usually means to me that the other unit's not playing to its potential. Okay, well that's not what I'm saying. What you, I'm here's what you're are you are you saying this, Vince? That you think the best unit this team is going to have this year is going to be the offense. Yes, that's okay. what I'm saying. That is okay. what I and and maybe not carrying the wasn't the right are... term. No, but I, mean, I, I, I you think that where, I'm, where I'm coming from. You're going to be able to put right. the offense on the field to win a game. You're going to be able. Hey, we need we need to either grind it out. We need to possess the ball. Right. We need to do these things, and not the manner in which they did it. Last, like you know what I mean. What I'm saying is the I offense. Get what you're we're on the same page want now. To do. Yeah, we're on the same page now. Yeah. But see, that's what you need to be to be a championship yes, team. Absolutely, you, you have to be that. I mean, I think the defense is going to be able to count on the offense right. to do what it which needs then to do. allows you defensively to take more chances and absolutely. be more aggressive. And, yes, because if you give up a big play, you know you have the offense to yes. go back in the and they're going to score points. Like, but that should be the score. expectation. Will yes. it be that? See, I'm not. I'm not ready to be in prediction mode yet, Vince, because my brain just doesn't work quite that way yet. <laughs> sure, you know, I'm still. In coach mode, where we're still in developmental phase, but Absolutely. taken away from that, the reality that the reality is, Vince, there's too much talent for this offense not to be a better team. And whether it's 38 or we have people saying 42, that that's not so much my focus. Like, yes, I'd like to see them. I mean, 40 is kind of that magic number, but for me, it still boils down to you know, can can you can you move the ball and score in the big games, right? Because when I look at the schedule this year. The offense has to play that way. They're not going to beat Ohio State 24 to 21. They're just not. It's not going to happen. I mean, we talked about this last year. Ohio State and their two losses scored 28 and 27 points. Yeah. I mean, they're they're going to score. Um, you know, I mean, that's you just, have to that, be able to score. We we've talked yeah. about that a bunch of times. If you can't score, you're not going to win a championship. Right. Championship teams can put points on the board. Period. Right. Notre Dame can't do oh, I shouldn't say can't. They haven't done that in big games in the past. Right. They need to be able to do that. And I think they've got the personnel. I think they've got the coaching. I think they got the play calling and they've got the quarterback to be able to do that. I really do believe that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That to me is the expectation. And I think one of the reasons I expect it too is, is because you know, they were a little bit, a little bit, you know, one dimensional this year. Uh, you know, there, at times it was, I mean, they just couldn't run the ball that sure. well. And they never right. were really great at running the football. And they have to be able to do that. They right. have to be. You have to. You can't just sit back there and sling it all over the field. Right. That, and not, you shouldn't not have to be the best that. teams like that. I mean, no. you have to be able to run the ball. So, I mean, I think at the I'm at the point now, Vince, when I look at the offense, that needs to be the expectation. I, I And the reason I'm, I, I want to ch- – what I'm trying to do here, Vince, to be honest with you, is I'm trying to deprogram Notre Dame fans. Yeah. Because no matter what you feel about Brian Kelly, even people who didn't like Brian Kelly were programmed to lower the bar. Yes. Like there's a, a guy in our poster and I'm in our chat, and I'm not calling him out because I love him. Chief Brody, great, great contributor to the site. But like we were having a conversation last week, and he was like, you know, I think they're going to lose this game and that game because they're replacing this. And I'm like, you said the same thing last year because you convinced yourself that they're going to lose this game, this game, this game, this game because number because of two things: one, the media overhyped some teams on the schedule, yep, and they underhyped Notre Dame. Remember that clown from ESPN? What's his name? The guy that does all the analytics, and he was like, Notre Dame's going to be a seven and five team. Oh he yeah, half like are you hilarious. guys on drugs? That was hilarious. You know? And then um, the line got it, set it, at eight and a half or something. Yeah, like that. And, and the reason that I that I bring up Chief Brody is because we've had he's a great guy, right? Like so, I'm, that's why I'm bringing him up. But it's like it's it's the BK conditioning. Right. Of lowering the bar, lowering the expectation, so that way when Notre Dame achieved what it should have achieved, it can look like, look how phenomenal of a coaching job I did. <laughs> right. right. And it's all part of the mental games that he played on people. It's like yeah. lower the bar, so that way when you do what you do, it, can, it looks like you you accomplished this great thing. And, and I'm tired of that. And Marcus Freeman's not doing that. Tommy Reese doesn't do that. And Notre Dame fans need to not be that way anymore, right. too, where – we sit there and we talk about, you know, well, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. I'm worried about this. Hey, look, Notre Dame folks, Notre Dame's not the only team in the country that lost players. Notre Dame's not the only team. And this is the funny thing about last year. You know, Georgia had the same number of returning starters last year as Notre Dame had. But you never heard there was it. Only one, there was only what one team, two teams last year in the NFL draft that had more players drafted than Notre Dame, who had nine. Georgia was one of them. And they went out and won a title, Right. And, and so, because you, you you didn't hear Kirby making excuses the right. way that, that, that right. the previous coach at Notre Dame did, and, and so that's what I'm trying to do here is like, look, we can we can be excited about this team and still say there's things that they got to prove, absolutely, and they do have to prove certain things. But so does every other team. Bama's got some dudes they got to replace. They got to prove they can go have a great offense without J- John Mechie and J- and Jamison Williams yep. and Evan Neal and guys like that. But you know what? You're not going to hear Nick Saban be like, well, you know, we lost this game and lost We're that young game. Because... And... No, no. <laughs> and, and Notre Dame fans shouldn't be that way either. Because I'm going to tell you something right now, folks. That's not the head coach you have anymore at Notre Dame. Nope. You do not have a head coach at Notre Dame anymore that's going to be talking down the team and, and talking about how great of a coaching job he's doing behind the scenes to reporters. He's, he's not going to be getting on the phone with Brian Driscoll like, hey, man. Why don't you tamp down expectations a little bit, you know, to do this, do that, and the other thing. And then then I go run with it. I'm like, you got the wrong guy. Click. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> wrong number. <laughs> you know, that's just – but that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And and so, you know, that's the thing that kind of gets you fired up. And But that's what I'm trying to get people to understand is, like, we need to change the expectations. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be willing to say, hey, look, um, it, it – it, it, it's okay to say they have a chance to be really good and I expect them to be there. There's nothing wrong with that. And and we should, this is Notre Dame folks. That's what we exactly. should be expecting. And, and Notre Dame has recruited well enough in recent years because the one thing Ryan and I were talking about the other day is when you look at, especially the 21 offensive recruiting class it's filled with highly ranked players. And those guys all played last year. And I'm a little confused why some fans aren't more, and, and I and I know why because I, I had enough conversations. People say like, "Well, look, 
you know, like there, there was a lot of negativity on the message board the last couple of days. And I had to kind of, you know, squash. I say, look, I it's okay that. to not be positive And you don't have to think that everything is like, you ever watch the, I know you've seen it. You have kids, the Lego movie. Oh you know, yeah. Song, everything is awesome. Right? Everything is awesome. Don't need to be that way on our site. Like we're not going to be that site. Like right. it, it would be so hypocritical for me to say, don't criticize people. That's bull crap. We're going to do that. But just the negativity is like, because what it is when things don't go quite our way as fans, we immediately go to, here we go again. Yeah. Because that's what you were conditioned to believe the last 30 years. And partly because one group of coaches just sucked, right? And then the coach that didn't suck, the guy that's been here for the last 12 years, didn't suck, but he also had this lower in the bar thing, which, you know, he spent 12 years doing, which bothers the crap out of me. So we can years. we can be excited about this. It's It's okay to be excited about this. It's okay to say, hey, look, it, it, we're, we're we're we should expect Notre Dame to go out there this year and score. Yeah. We should expect Notre Dame to go out this year and be able to go toe to toe offensively with Ohio State. And because we were having this conversation the other day, it was like with somebody on Twitter, and it was like, you know, I don't know if they. I'm like Utah hung a 45 spot up on Ohio State. I hear all these Notre Dame fans losing their minds about lose giving up 30 some points Oklahoma State, and they should because that was a terrible game. But that's still eight points fewer than what Ohio State gave up to Utah. Utah. You know, uh, the juggernaut quarterback of, you know, uh, was it Cameron Rising, right? I mean, you know, uh, Utah, right? Utah, Vince. <laughs> that, I, that I still can't Utah. believe is a Power 5 team. Nothing against the Utes, but like, well, I mean, they, they imagine to be them there, in the right. Pac-12, it's, just, it's still right. hard for me. Right. You know but when I mean? Urban Meyer was at yeah. Utah, they weren't a Power 5 team. They were right. the Mountain that's West Conference. That's what I'm saying. This that, is that's... a team that scored 17 points on BYU. Yeah. You know, I mean... You know, it was their it was their second highest output of the entire season. They scored more points against Ohio State than they scored against Weber State. Isn't it Weber? Weber State? Excuse me, Weber State. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just you know. Anyway, they scored twenty four points on Washington State. You know, I mean, they scored twenty eight points on Colorado. They hung a forty five spot on Ohio State. You know, and, and so we have it down here. Just sick of having to sweat games like Toledo. I'm with you. Absolutely. But again, as I've tried to say, that is a byproduct of tamping down your expectations. Right. That's the problem. The, 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 the reality is, is when you lower the bar, you're telling your players, this is the standard for you. Right. This is the standard of excellence. And the thing that you all need to understand is when you listen to Mark, when you listen to the players talk, when you listen, when you talk to them publicly, when you talk to them privately, they will all say, we're being worked harder now than we've ever been worked before. And you know what the response to that is, Vince? They love it. You've been at practices. Yep. Tell me the tempo isn't, isn't significantly greater than it was in the past. Not just the tempo, but the, the energy. overall energy throughout the building. We would have dead when – they, when they would – before they would turn the radio on – It'd be dead silent going through different periods of the practice. Yep. Dead silent. And, and, or you'd only hear coaches barking. That was it. You, you know, I, I'm listening to the vid, I'm listening to the videos and I'm hearing all this chatter, all this hype, all this talk, and it's genuine. And that's the thing that, that you hear is like, this is a team that, that feels that, it, that they can be great because yep. here's the difference between this team and past teams. Uh, this team is being challenged to be great. Right. Legitimately challenged. Not not do the word talk to the media and then tamp things down, you know, around it. This team is being challenged to be great. And and ultimately that's why I wrote the article I wrote a couple of weeks ago about why I think Marcus Freeman's going to win because I I found this out like Brian Kelly had zero relationship with Lou Holtz and I've known that for a while Vince you knew that. Marcus Freeman has sought Lou Holtz out time and again since he got to Notre Dame. He's the D coordinator. Because he understands, like he understands it, and and you know one of the things that Lou has always been a believer in is you you tell the you you push the players beyond the, the what they believe they're capable of, because no, very few players truly believe that that like they can be what they actually can be, and and that's been the key. And so as fans, that's also our thing too. But the other thing too, Vince is it's okay to hold to that standard because when they don't meet that standard. It, no, stop making excuses for why they didn't. There aren't. There are no more excuses. You can't blame the O line coach. Can't blame the receivers coach. Can't blame right. the head coach anymore. 
it's time to get there. And I, I'm confident they're going to get there because they have the talent, they have the belief, and I believe they have the system. And I think that's why, you know, we'll get into specifics of the players and stuff moving forward, but I'm sorry. Like it's time for us as Notre Dame fans to, to raise the bar yep. of our own expectations and not because we do what Kelly did. We talk championships, but then we all talk ourselves into why nine and yeah. three is okay. Right, exactly. And nine and three right? is never okay at Notre no. Dame. I'm sorry. There's very rare occasions when it's okay. Uh, very few. It's you know you had it. You won a championship. You lost like LSU. Everybody. Lost 15 guys yeah. in the NFL. Or you're everybody be, gets hurt. I mean, and you're gonna have a couple injuries the next year, right? Okay, right. nine and three, fine. Okay, but it's it's rare. It's got to be rare. And that's the because I mean Lou had a couple of years like that. Right, where you're like they weren't as good as they should have been because they were young, they were coming off a great year and lost a bunch of dudes in the NFL, whatever the case may be. So, Vince, that's where I'm at. Is I just wanted to kind of talk about that because I really felt like I'm hearing a lot more. I'm hearing a lot more, sort of, of the same old, same old from our people, and I just want to fix that because I'm. This is a new era for the coaches, a new era for the players, but it needs to be a new era for us as well. Yeah. And in there, we start demanding excellence and and not talking ourselves into why it's going to actually be next year. And then next year, we t- we're going to talk about why it's going to be the next year. And then the next year, we're going to talk about why it's actually – no, 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 no. It's actually going to be the next year. No, it's time now. I don't want to hear talk about, well, no, 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 2023 is going to be the year. No, let's focus on 2022. Exactly. And let's demand excellence from this team because there are not a lot of teams in college football. You can name them on one hand that can talk about having – the kind of running backs that Notre Dame has, the kind of line situation that Notre Dame has, a player like Isaiah Foskey. I had a guy the other day try to tell me, no, Ohio State has a better line than Notre Dame, and didn't say anything to me after I said, Isaiah Foskey has more sacks last year than their top four returning defensive ends combined. Okay? Uh, they don't have a, a Brandon Joseph, right? I don't think they have a Maris Lewifel, and he hasn't even played a whole ton, and I'll take Cam Hart over any corner that Ohio State has. But there's an assumption amongst – and he's a Notre Dame fan. Good guy. It's a good conversation. We just disagreed. He didn't get personal. But it's just like even then, you've got a, Notre Dame fans that will just assume that Ohio State's got better players than Notre Dame on defense. Because yep, absolutely. why? Is there because Ohio five years ago, Ohio State right. was that way. Right. It's not the case anymore. You know, five years ago, I couldn't name more than two or three players in Notre Dame that could have started at Ohio State. It had been like Jalen Smith. It had been Sheldon Day and like mm, – that's it. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like now it's like, I don't know more than two or three guys that I, that from Ohio state that I would take, I'd take one of their corners, maybe one of their D tackles. And that's about it. I mean, that's about it. Right. But that's a mindset that we have to embrace at Notre, at Notre Dame, you know, and she, <laughs> Chief Brody, stop calling me out, Brian. Yeah, you know you're my guy. You know you're my guy. Um, but that's just kind of that to me is is where uh, is where I'm at with this. It, you know, it's it's that's that's the the and now just raise so the bar, right, no. Brody? The last person I was talking about on Twitter that was not that was not you. That was not talking about you on that one. But anyway, Vince, that's where I'm at. I think the expectation. I think this is. We need to expect this to be a top 15 scoring team. We need to be, expect this to be a top 20 total offense team. And, and I don't care as much about yards as I care about yards per play. That, to me, is a better indicator because, as I've explained in the past, you can actually not have a ton of yards and and be an explosive offense because you're, you know, maybe your defense, your special teams or whatever is, is giving you great field position. You know, if your average starting field position is the 40, you're, right. and you average six, seven yards of play, you're going to have fewer yards than a team whose average starting position is a 20 exactly. and has 6.7 yards per play, right? If you both go down and, and score at the same rate. So uh, that's that's kind of the point behind right. it is that right there. So uh, Vince, that is going to do it for this part of the show. Anything you'd like to add before you go and we get Ryan on here to do our daily mailbag? Just remember, April 12th, I said it, the offense. The offense is going to be the part of the, the team that's going to be the focal point. The, the the studs so i'm excited
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.